0: Welcome back, listeners. Uh, this is the Wagney Fantasy Football Podcast, and today is Wagney Wednesday. Today it's we will holiday. be... Yes, it is a national holiday. We're working on getting that put in the calendar. Um, today, we will be reviewing our first mock draft, which we conducted on Mock Draft Monday earlier this week. Um, we'll be looking back, offering alternative strategies, observing our picks. As they say, hindsight is twenty-twenty. And yeah, we'll just decide if we missed or killed it in this draft, and we will be... Um, looking at maybe some possible changes we could have made. Adaptation is key. Yes. Key to going into a mock draft is to always have a plan. Um, However, if there's value on the table, when the pick comes around to you, say you want to go running back, running back, which is something that I like to always go in with, but Justin Jefferson's on the board at the end of the second round. And after you pick Joe Mixon, do you take Justin Jefferson or do you take DeAndre Swift? It's a question that you have to answer during mock draft day. her balls will be thrown and you have to be prepared to adapt
1: yeah you can only go in with like a strict mindset or game plan to a certain extent you don't really know what's going to fall to you in your spot uh you know your league mates as well as you can and kind of get a sense of who they're going to pick um but yeah nothing's given so you have to be able to adapt you have to you have to be liquid in your plan
0: mm-hmm.
1: why don't you go into your first pick so my first
0: pick of this draft i was a six pick I selected Najee Harris. Um, the first five guys off the board were the top five running backs, Derek Henry's, McCaffrey's, Jonathan Taylor's, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, Najee Harris was my sixth pick. Um, this was a difficult pick at the time because Cooper Cup made it to me. However, as I said, I like to go running back first round. The depth of the position, is it's small. Um, if you go receiver in the first round, you're probably not going to be very happy with your RB, two, um, Or if you are happy, you got lucky. So, yeah, I picked Najee Harris at this point. I decided, you know what, I can get a receiver in the later round that could possibly live up to Cooper Cup. So Najee was my choice here.
1: Yeah, I can definitely see the counter argument, though. I had Cooper Cup last year. I absolutely loved him. He's not going to score over 400 points again. That'd be a tall task, even though he put up 440 last year. Um, But the argument is compelling. He's probably going to finish as a wide receiver one again next year. He'll definitely be top three. Can't really count on his connection with Stafford to worsen, But, yeah, if you go wide receiver in the first round, you have to be sure to tend to that running back spot as early and as quick as you can. You're probably going to spend your next two picks on running backs. Um, So it's just how you really want to come out and structure your roster.
0: Yeah, you want to move on to your first pick.
1: Yeah, so I'm on the other side of that coin. I took Stephon Diggs at the 11th overall pick. Um, taking a wide receiver in the first round, it's not really ideal in my situation, but I get that quick turnaround at the 202, uh, so I'm a little free. I I, I know what's going to come back to me. So I took Diggs over DeAndre Swift, Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara, Travis Kelsey, Devontae Adams, all available at that slot, and I got Alvin Kamara at the 202 because Swift and Chubb went off the board in between me, um, but if I were to do that over again, I was really high on DeAndre Swift coming in. I still am. I think he's due for a top eight season. He was an RB3 up until he got hurt last year. Um, I would probably take him, and I likely could have gotten Stefan Diggs back at the 202 when it came back to me because that team went running back, running back. And even if he didn't, I would have gotten my choice between Devontae Adams or Nick Chubb alvin kamara so if i were to do it differently i would spend a pick on a running back if i have somebody that i really want at the back end of the first round i should take him and just hope a good prospect like stefan diggs falls back into my lap did you plan on going running back or did you just with take, my, did you with my second pick with your first pick with my first did pick um uh, no because Look, Jamar Chase could have easily fallen into my lap, too. Another receiver that's probably in my top five. Um, But I think Stephon Diggs is as safe as you can get out of an elite receiver. He's got Josh Allen, the best fantasy quarterback, and a really high-powered offense. He's probably going to get over 165 targets again. And I I know he's super safe. Last year, he had a really strong year, and it was a down year as a wide receiver, seven. So I think when you take Stefan Diggs, you're getting a blue chip that you know is going to keep you in and give you consistent results every week. Okay. So I'll move on to my second round pick at the
0: 207 and I selected CD Lamb. So as I said, I came in with the strategy of going running back, running back. However, I adapted. Um, if there was any receiver on the board that I would take here, it'd be CD. I would take him over Tyreek. I'd take him over. Um, shoot, I don't even know who else. Tyreek
1: shouldn't be up there. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not high on Tyreek this year. I don't get how you can still keep him at this. That's where he was being drafted yeah. roughly last year, maybe a couple spots earlier. Yeah. But you go from Mahomes in Kansas City to to in Miami, you just Jaylen don't know Lotto. what's gonna
0: happen. Yeah. So I, I went with CD. I think that he's got top five upside this year. I really think that without Amari Cooper and a healthy Dak Prescott a, two years after they're his gonna injury, throw. they're going to chuck the ball as they do in Dallas. Um, so, yeah, I, I adapted. I took the value um, players on the board that I could have taken would have been uh, Tyreek, Debo, Leonard Fournette or Aaron Jones or even Javante Williams. Um, and if I had gone Cooper Cup in the first round, I'm probably taking Aaron Jones here over Javante and Lanny up. Um, but I didn't, I stuck with my gut. I went running back first round and I adapted in the second round, which I find to have a little more leeway in the second round because it's not like your most valuable pick.
1: Now, would you you're pretty high on Lenny? Would you ever reach for him in this situation? Say um you did go cup. Could you make the argument to take Leonard Fournette over Aaron Jones and Javante at that two seven spot? I think definitely over Javante. I could make
0: that argument. I don't know about Aaron Jones. Um, Aaron Jones has Aaron Rodgers is quarterback. He is going to be throwing him tons of dump down balls this year. He's going to catch a lot of passes. He's going to be utilized to maybe his highest that we've seen, even though uh, AJ Dillon has came out. Yeah. Uh, Javante, I don't see really taking much more away from Melvin Gordon. Um, Probably going to be a 60 40, might even be close to 50 50 again. Um, It's just, melvin Gordon's still a good running back so i can definitely make a case for lenny over javante but i i think the aaron jones lenny debate is pretty close but i think i'd go aaron jones because he's younger he's got more juice he's got aaron Rodgers at
1: quarterback that'd definitely be a bold duo to come out with that one six spot is go cup then lenny like hey, you're whipping your balls right now yeah the the, game there's him. a lot of risk there but the reward is very high Um,
0: You want to move on to your, wait, no, I technically. Go go
1: ahead. Go ahead. Cause your next one. So you went CD, you got, I think he's a pretty safe top eight receiver this year, as long Mm -hmm. as if he stays healthy, I feel like he's got some name lag to him because people were disappointed slightly by him last year, but good things are coming for him. Who, who'd you pick in the third round? Yeah. So I had
0: the three Oh six and I took James Connor as my RB two. I really wanted to show up the running back position here because I waited another round. You never know what's going to fall to you there. It was the uh, running back position was getting pretty slim. So I took Connor over guys like Zeke and Gibson. Um, I really thought about taking Ezekiel Elliott here. Yeah. However, he broke my heart last year and I don't want any part of that PCL injury that he's dealing with dealt with. Um, Supposedly. Yeah, we
1: don't even know if it happened. Yeah. I feel like he's healthy now.
0: Exactly. And Tony Pollard has made a name for himself in Dallas. So I think James Connor was the easy pick here. Not too worried about Darrell Williams. Um, I think he's going to be the feature back and he's going to score a lot of touchdowns just as he did just as he did last year.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, regardless. I mean, Chase Edmonds was there last year. It's not like Connor had a premier feature back to himself. Yeah. Um, the majority of his touches and points came when Edmonds was out, but I don't think Darrell Williams affects him nearly as much as Chase Edmonds does. And we saw good things when that happened. Uh, So I'm going to go back. So now we're at the 311 for me. I took Stefan Diggs and Alvin Kamara as my duo. Would I do that again? I don't think so. I would have went DeAndre Swift and probably gotten Diggs falling back to me. Should have gotten the running back I truly wanted as my RB1. But here we are. I get the, so what would you be looking for here if
0: you went Swift than Diggs? Would you have made the same choice, do you think?
1: I, I think so because I, – I, let me say my picks. I got Deontay Johnson at the 311 as my wide receiver, too. At the 402, at the wraparound, I got preferred Josh Jacobs over David Montgomery. Both were available. If I had DeAndre Swift, and let's just keep it simple, I had mm-hmm. Stephon Diggs, I probably would have went – Josh Jacobs or David Montgomery on the first hand. That way I get a high, because Swift has that, he's got a high ceiling, but pretty low floor. I mean, he's got injury risk. He's in a timeshare with more receiving weapons as well. Might cut into his numbers. I probably would have taken Josh Jacobs or David Montgomery at that 311 spot because I could have gotten Deontay Johnson falling back to me. Um, I don't think it really makes a big difference. I feel Alvin Kamara's got a higher floor. He's safer than DeAndre Swift, but I like Swift's upside. So if I took Swift with the upside, I would probably secure that RB2 spot at the 311. Now, if James Conner or Leonard Fournette fell to me at that 311 spot, I couldn't say no Yeah, for their talent over anybody. I don't, ca- I don't care what my need is, if I have to go running back or wide receiver first. At the 311, it's not that critical with the position because you pick again in three picks. Mm-hmm. So um, – with that 11 spot, you kind of know what's going to come back to you. Um, Just depends what you really prefer. But if there's some values falling to the 311, James Conner, Leonard Fournette, like I said before, but if Mike Evans or Keenan Allen fell into my lap, I'm scooping that value
0: every time. Um, I definitely agree with going Deontay over T Higgins in that situation. I'd take the wide receiver one instead of the wide receiver two on my fantasy football team every day. However, your 402, Personally, I would have gone David Montgomery, but at that, it's, it's potato potato. I like point.
1: Josh Jacobs. My deciding factor, and I, I said this in our previous podcast when we were actually draft, Mike Draft Monday episode, I like Josh Jacobs more than David Montgomery because the only deciding factor was the strength of the offense. I think Jacobs is in a really high-powered offense. He's going to see double-digit touchdowns, a lot more opportunity. David Montgomery is in a dumpster fire. That was the only difference between them. And
0: it's possible that the only thing that that dumpster fire can do is run the ball. So that's my reason. No, you're um, right. You're right. Um, So I'm going to move on to my fourth round pick at the four Oh seven. I picked Amari Cooper and yes, this could be a terrible pick depending on who the quarterback is. If Amari Cooper is getting passes thrown by Baker Mayfield, I want I mean, no part Jacoby of Kobe
1: Bursett's the third string, I think. Yeah. I th- yeah. You're right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If, if that's the quarterback situation, I'm never taking Amari in the fourth round. However, if it's Deshaun Watson, yes, Amari Cooper all the way. I think he's going to be great. Um, I think I would have considered T Higgins here. However, again, wide receiver one over a wide receiver two, same situation that Colin was in. Um, so yeah, I picked um Amari Cooper. Michael Pittman was also on the board, but I would have had to reach a little bit and I I just couldn't I couldn't reach that far and give up some value in my fourth round pick.
1: So yeah, I like T a lot. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like so many analysts are all over him and his, all of a sudden everybody's all over him saying he's a top 10 receiver. I just want to pump the brakes with him because I too am skeptical as he's the second option. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can be re, he's been seceding at a high level as the second option, but it just clips his ceiling once again. Yeah. Um,
0: so my picks so far are Najee Harris, CeeDee Lamb, James Conner, and Amari Cooper. And then we go back to me in the fifth round of the five hundred six. I reached a little bit for Elijah Mitchell here. Um, I could have gotten him in the seventh, sixth round. He came back to me. However, I took him here. He is one of my league winners this year. I think that the potential for him is huge. I picked him over guys like Jalen Waddle, Chris Godwin, Travis Etienne, and Dalton Schultz. Um, I really like Schultz this year. So that was kind of what I was debating. It was It was pretty much between Mitchell, Waddle, and Schultz. And I went with Mitchell because I like the running backs. Running backs are thin. So barring any injuries to my top two guys, Connor and Najee, I think that I have a guy who could finish even higher than them at my third spot at running back. Um, I think he's got top five potential in this offense, new quarterback. They're going to have to run the ball because he's not going to be as confident as Jimmy Garoppolo was as, as much um, as Jimmy Garoppolo might've been the downfall of that team. He did. He is a seasoned
1: veteran. Um, I think if Eli Mitchell it's a clear-cut one. They're not doing any committee stuff this year. He had He's easily in the top 10 yeah. as a bell cow back. That's if he can stay healthy also. Um, but when he was playing and healthy last year, I believe he had seven game five or seven. It was the most, regardless, it was the most 17 carry games of 49ers running back has had underneath Kyle Shanahan or in the past six years. I think that's his whole tenure. As it is.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, he didn't catch many passes last year. He, he was handed the ball a lot. But, again, with a new quarterback, you can expect him to have to dump the ball down just to bail the quarterback out of trouble. And that's just points, 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 it's points it's for your their identity as yeah. their offense. Or exactly. Their offense. So, yeah, here I may regret taking Schultz because tight end position gets very thin at this point. But I'm really glad that I shored up a third running back here, who I think is going to be a great player.
1: And I was a guy who Schultz felt – And he fell beautifully in my lap at 5'11". And I'm going to take him at that spot every draft if I can get him. Um, It's risky waiting out for him, though, because so I think everybody's valuing. You saw Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts all go in the first two rounds or early third round. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you had Darren Waller and George Kittle go not too far behind. So it's dangerous. Waters to hold out on Schultz. Um, I feel like you can get him in the late fifth and most rounds though. I think Darren, he went 14 picks after Darren Waller. I don't see that big of a gap between Waller and the next tight end. Um, Cause I think Schultz is another elite guy. I don't think he's a tier below any of those five guys above him. In fact, I have him finishing as tight end four next year. Um, he was tight end three last year. So I think he's an elite guy. I just think he's either going to go earlier or all the tight ends are going to go later. So if all the tight ends are going later in your draft, then what happened this time, all five of the quote unquote elite tight ends went in the first three and a half rounds. Um, if they're shifting back, you're probably safer to wait on Schultz at that five eleven spot. And I'm smashing that value every time. Um, drafting a tight end also ties into how you draft your quarterbacks if you spend in a one QB league, anyways, if you spend one of your first six picks on a tight end, you cannot spend it on a quarterback. Yeah. You're not going to have enough depth. You're not going to be able to afford it. in running backs and receivers, you won't be safe at either. Um, so you can't take a tight end and a quarterback in the first six, even seven rounds, I feel like in one QB. Um, so to get this guy falling in my lap at the fifth round, I'm not drafting a QB until a couple rounds later. I can wait. I can have the worst quarterback in the draft. I don't really care. Yeah, I
0: agree. I love Schultz this year, as I said, and I think you picked him at a great time. Um, typically in drafts, I like to go tight end at the six uh, in the sixth round, but five eleven is is right. as close to the sixth round as you can get.
1: TJ Hawkinson went the pick afterwards, so that was my decision. Um, You can probably get Hawk in the sixth round if I were to imagine. Yeah, I'm definitely higher
0: on Schultz than I am Hawk. I oh, think for sure. just the quarterback situation, the offense in general, the team in general, Schultz is just going to get so many more opportunities. Hawk had
1: two good games at the beginning of last year. Yeah, that was like the first two weeks of the year. He's so. fallen off a cliff since then. So it wraps around to the 602 back to me. I have Diggs and Deontay as my duo at the receiver position. Kamara and Josh Jacobs and Dalton Schultz are my other three picks prior to this. So I'm at two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end. I'm pretty fair balance. I could get a quarterback, but again, it's not, it's not wise. You won't have, you'll want a strong third running back or receiver. Um, I could have taken Joe Burrow or Kyler Murray. Those are the caliber quarterbacks going around this early six spot. Instead i choose Deandre Hopkins. He, I rationalize it in the moment while I was drafting you know, you got that two minute clock. You have to decide quick. You should already have your answer prior to this. Um, but again, it's a mock draft. I'm not mean, fully prepared. It's a learning it. experience. Yes, exactly. So I I took D hop thinking he would be a top 10 receiver when he's back from his suspension. He was strong last year before he got hurt. Uh, the year prior, his first year with Kyler Murray was still elite. I still think he has it. You tell me he doesn't. Yeah. How many touchdowns did he have in like what was it? It was a, 10, it was a, it was a lot. It was like eight or nine. I, yeah. I forget. You averaged basically a touchdown. I'd have to be fact-checked. But, yeah, he's, he scored a lot last year. He has a good connection. So I took him thinking he's going to be a top-ten receiver for the last 11 weeks of the season. I'd have three elite receivers. If I were to go back and do it again, um, I would take Brandon Cooks or Adam Thielen there. And I would rather – I should have looked at it as, would you rather have 17 games out of Cooks or Thielen – versus 11 games out of a D-hop. And that's how I should have viewed it at the beginning. It seems pretty self-explanatory, but it just depends. I was shooting for that upside later in the season. I feel like that'd be a really strong playoff push with D-hop coming in. Um, but I would go back and take Cooks or Thielen if I were to do it. Now, if Chris Godwin, Jalen Waddle, Cortland Sutton, even Travis Etienne fell in my lap, I'd take them. I think they're really strong pieces and great values in the sixth round.
0: I completely agree. I think D hop is a good pick. However, again, I would have, as, as you said, I would have gone cooks or Thielen. Um, D hop. He's, he's shown some signs of old age. He's suspended. He, you just may not be getting the value that you're to, hoping bucket, to get. Though. Yeah. You may have he's taken the big name value.
1: though. is, is, it's a possibility. Yeah, it is a possibility. I, I think he'd be going later later on yeah. in the draft season when it comes to actual draft season. I feel like D-Hop will be discounted back even further. So the talk about Phelan is a perfect segue into my next pick at the
0: 607, where I did take Adam Phelan. Um, I picked him over guys like Miles Sanders, A.J. Dillon, and Brandon Cooks. Um, so at this point, I have, I have, as my running backs, Najee. James Connor and Elijah Mitchell. So three running backs. And then I have a receiver, CD lamb, Amari Cooper, and now Adam Thielen. So I think I have a good balance. Um, as I said earlier, I really wanted to go tight end in the sixth round. I really wanted Dalton Schultz, but once he went, there wasn't really anybody that I was willing to spend a sixth round pick on. So why not add depth to my roster? Now I get Adam Thielen, um, a huge red zone threat. He has been throughout the years with Kirk cousins. Um, they've got a great connection. He's not going anywhere. He's, People say he's getting old. Well, show me then. He hasn't, he hasn't slowed down. He keeps, he keeps racking up touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. He's a great number two to Justin Jefferson. Um, he sees a lot of space in the secondary because so many eyes are focused on Jay Jettas. Um, so yeah, Adam Thielen was a pretty easy pick for me here. I love him as my wide receiver three. Um, I disappointed I didn't take Schultz or, or get Schultz rather. However, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with this pick. Um, so then I was also next up at the seven o six where I took Jalen Hurts. I would have really liked to wait on a quarterback. However, there was a bit of a QB run here. Um, How uh, Dak went right before, who is the guy that I really wanted me to fall to, wanted to fall to me in the eighth round, but he went uh, about three picks before me. So I took Hurts. I took him over Goddard. Um, still ignoring that tight end gap that I had That's, in my roster. That
1: CPU screwed up. He should have taken Hurts over Prescott. Top three potential. You know? No, I agree, and
0: I would prefer Dak honestly. I think that he's going to have a great season. But You'd take Dak over Hertz if Dak
1: was available at that.
0: Yeah, I th- if both were available to me, I'd take
1: I'd take Dak. I'd yeah. go for the rushing upside. I'd love a quarterback with great rushing upside. I feel like their floor is much higher. I agree, but Jalen
0: Hurts just got AJ, the AJ Brown acquisition. I picture them throwing the ball more. He's, he'll still run, of course. I know that, but. I'm a big Dak guy. I, as much as I hate the Cowboys, I think Dak's a great quarterback. And he's
1: a fantasy superstar. They chuck the ball quite exactly. a bit. He's going to rack up yards. How many games will he out. have? 300 yards and three touchdowns,
0: four touchdowns. Nearly like, all. Yeah, yeah exactly. On and I think four four all touchdowns. of those are going to my wide
1: receiver one, CD Lamb. That's why I picked him. Do you like the idea of pairing a quarterback with their number one option? I love it. Yeah, that's why so that's why, another reason I really wanted Dak, is because every
0: time, like, I think CD is going to get a ton of volume, the guy, I'm getting points for every pass he catches every touchdown he catches. Like it's a great connection to have on your team.
1: There's few quarterback wide receiver pairings that where the receiver and quarterback are both elite. Yeah. And they're really special. And if you can afford it, like obviously you can't spend a pick on Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs in the first three rounds, you're just overexposing yourself, but if you can afford it, get a good value, like Kirk cousins, like, uh, Justin Jefferson, that duo is pretty lethal.
0: Yeah, I think, honestly, the best duo that you could have this year would be um, Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. I know he's not a yeah. receiver, but I think Mark Andrews has been his number one target for three years now. And Lamar, was
1: Lamar Hollywood or was Mark Andrews? You can make a compelling argument. Yeah, I think
0: Hollywood received more targets, but Mark Andrews was the red zone guy, and he still got an insane amount of catches. Um and I think he's going to be the tight end one this year. Um, I don't think it's that close. I think Kelsey can make a make a, uh, claim for it, but he's getting older
1: and slower. You can see it last year. He's still the top target in that offense. Yeah. Okay. So do you want to move so on? So does it move term? to me? Yeah, yes. it does. Okay. So we're at the 7-11. I took a third wide receiver in D-hop. I only have two running backs with Kamara and Jacobs. And I have my tight end figure out with Dalton Schultz. Um I pick out the 802 again, and at 711, Darnell Mooney fell in my lap wonderfully right there. He was like the wide receiver 35 off the board or something like that, and that's absurd. I think he's a top-20 receiver. He's got the ceiling. The only thing holding him back is he doesn't find the end zone very often, but if he can find it a half a dozen times, that might be enough to be a top-10, eight receiver with his the amount of volume he'll receive in receptions. And his yardage, too.
0: The lack of touchdowns isn't his fault. It's it's the team. They, they weren't right. many scoring They're not good, though. Yeah.
1: He's not going to get many touchdowns yeah. again next year. He, they just don't find the end zone. Exactly. Very well. and, but, and there is hope that they do find the end zone more. Justin Fields got, has experience now. I so. think so. And he loves Darnell. Darnell is wide receiver one far and away. Um, so I'm smashing that value every time. Even though I already have three wide receivers, especially good ones when D-hop, returns. I think Mooney's a really valuable piece. I would love for him. He's definitely going to be in my lineup the first six weeks when DeAndre Hopkins is out and I can set it and forget it with him. I can trust him and he can make a compelling argument to ship. uh, Maybe Stefan Diggs in a trade later in the year Mm -hmm. or something like that. I have that depth. So it wraps around to the eight Oh two. I have four wide receivers, two running backs. I know I need a third running back. Um, That's the biggest, Gap in my, my lineup I don't even care that I don't have a quarterback yeah, I was say, Except for a quarterback I, don't, I I really don't care I quarterback. Like to go quarterback in, one, please, in one QB, I was the last team To pick a quarterback So I'm okay with waiting At the 802, I got t- Tony Pollard As my running back three And I took him over A quarter rail Patterson Which is risky, but I'm willing to take the odds Pollard finished as an RB28 Last year as the quote-unquote Backup to Zeke Um, I I think if it becomes more 50-50, he's definitely a top 25 running back. He's got that capability. He's a really good playmaker. And also, um, he's in his last year of his rookie contract. I don't think Dallas will be able to afford him, especially since they're hanging on to Zeke's horrid contract. Was he plus six yards per carry? He was like – was he just below it? I think he was 6.2. Okay, yeah, I thought Um, so. I'm pretty sure he's – 6.2 insanely high yeah stupid efficient um so i think him as my rb3 i'm willing to take the risk understanding that he might be a bum he might average eight to ten picks or points excuse me uh per game for most of the season but as my rb3 i'm comfortable with that it's a great handcuff to a guy that you don't have yeah Yeah. true if zeke goes out pollard's a top what top six yeah Yeah, top six he's only running back yeah
0: um so then it goes back to you don't have a
1: tight end buddy
0: I don't have a tight end and I don't pick one in the eighth round either. Um, I'm looking. Uh, yeah. What's that? I jumped the gun. Yep. I'm looking at who um, what's on the board here. I see Robert Woods and I don't look any further. I think, yeah, he his ACL, but. I'm expecting him to cover recover in full reports have, have been good. I think that he'll be ready to go fully healthy by the start of the season. And
1: like Ten months to recover. That's a good amount of time. Yeah, that's yeah,
0: that's pretty the average is nine to nine to twelve. So yeah. the area is nine to twelve. So yeah, right. 10 months is kind of right in the middle there. I think he's going to be great in Tennessee. He's the wide receiver one by far. They got Traylon Burks, however. Robert Woods has the name. He's been in the league. He's He knows how to get it done, and I think he's a great steal for my fifth or – yeah, fourth or fifth receiver here? Uh, fourth receiver here. Yep. But, yeah, I think he's a great, great guy to have. My fourth receiver is a wide receiver one for one of the better teams in football. Like Yeah, can't to, go wrong to with get that. a guy
1: like that at wide receiver, 40-year draft. Yeah. Uh, good value, very good value. I, I think a lot of people think Traylon Burks is the wide receiver. One in of that offense, Burks is going – Nearly three rounds ahead of Woods, um, but I would trust the veteran yeah. that has shown that he can handle 130 targets in a season. That's my wide receiver one in the offense. I think he's a much more compelling target than Traylon Burks. So it comes to me. Actually, yeah. no, go go ahead. Go I'm going to talk about my
0: next two kicks, yeah. uh, even though I'm skipping you. Because I, I got two. Yeah. So I went in rounds nine and 10. I took Gronk and Komet. My tight end position was lacking. I would have, this is where I really regretted not um, taking a tight end in round five or six, which I typically do. It offers you a more balanced starting lineup for your fantasy team. However, I took the value. Um, There wasn't a tight end on the board and here I am round nine and round 10 selecting tight ends. At the 906, I took Gronk. Um, if he's healthy, no problem. I think Tom Brady, uh, is the guy he, he, they have a connection. He's going to throw Gronk the ball in the end zone. It's what they do. Last year, Gronk was the tight end one for, uh, I think it was like the first three weeks of the season. And then he suffered a little bit of an injury and he was out on and off the field. I think he's coming back. Yeah. I think he's coming back. Um,
1: he likes partying and he likes playing. Yeah. And he likes money. Who doesn't like money.
0: Um, so at the ten oh seven, I selected Cole Komet. um, also, good, I think could pick. have some great upside this year. He's the number two option for Justin Fields in that offense. I don't see a world where he doesn't receive a, a fairly viable. He had 93 target targets last yeah.
1: year to put
0: it in. Exactly. And that was with Ro- Allen Robinson on the team Is terrible as was he was a bomb, last year. Yeah. But he did see targets away. And I think Cole Komet is going to step in and take a portion of
1: those targets. And I think Cole Komet, if you're in a tight end premium league with a point and half per reception, he'd be the best value. He had 60 receptions last year. He doesn't score. He literally had zero yeah. touchdowns last year, but in tight end premium, he has that volume to make him a very compelling starting argument. Yeah, so I shorted my tight end position
0: at the nine and tenths, uh, ninth and 10th rounds. And Colin, what, are, what were your ninth and 10th?
1: Yeah, so I had a glaring hole positional-wise. Um, as a, I didn't have any quarterbacks. I was the 12th team to pick, my starting quarterback. Uh, I got to Sean Watson because I like that top five quarterback upside. He's discounted because he has a suspension looming over his head. There's some later reports that I've read that think he's going to be suspended all year. Uh, I'm going with a six game right now, but I have a top five quarterback for the last 11 games in a one quarterback league. But in case of his suspension is longer than I think so. Or if he's just not the same guy, I went around right around the wraparound. Three picks later, I picked Kirk Cousins, a really reliable backup, a veteran quarterback who I know is going to put up points and keep my team afloat. He'll give me a fighting chance, and I would recommend this strategy a lot. This might be a go-to strategy of mine if I'm drafting soon. Uh, and you can make the argument if you're a Trey Lance truther. I would adopt this strategy as well if you're picking Trey Lance over Deshaun Watson at that nine eleven spot you should right around if you can afford it to take to take another quarterback you should take a reliable veteran like Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins just to have security and kind of the same deal with your tight ends yeah we both
0: went uh back to back same position in rounds nine and ten and we did. we were just shoring up a gap in our lineup so we both we both selected a lot of value at other positions um and that's this is where it left us we had a, a hole to fill um and that's what we talked about in the beginning it may not have been our plan However, we saw value on the board. We took it where it was, and this is the position it left us, and it's not a bad position to be in. You yeah. get a backup for your for your late-round pick.
1: Yeah, and I want to say in one quarterback leagues, I am going to wait, on, and you can take that risk on drafting Deshaun Watson because you can get a solid backup that's not going to score too many points behind what you would expect him to anyways. Um, but in two QB leagues, you cannot touch Deshaun Watson with the suspension looming, if you were to do that same decision process, to Sean Watson and Kirk Cousins, I'd be screwed if I didn't have a second quarterback in the first six weeks of the season. Um, So only draft him in one QB leagues is what my point is.
0: I agree. So then in the 11th round, I took Alan Lazar. Sorry. Yep. I snipe Colin here. Colin loves Alan Lazar this year, as do I. I think that, In Green Bay, he may be the number one target for Aaron Rodgers, and I don't see a reason. Yeah, yeah, His
1: competition's piss poor.
0: Another option here would have been Sky Moore, but he went a pick before me, and I'm okay with Lazard.
1: Yeah, I would too. You're not going to get a wide receiver drafted outside the top 40. That's Aaron Rodgers' top option for too long. Um, He's got double-digit touchdown potential. He had eight last year off of just 40 catches, so I, I think he's due for a bigger role. And he's going to fulfill it. He's going to do fine. I think he's going to be very fantasy relevant. So I'll talk about just one last strategy I did over the back third of the draft. So I went Tyler Algier and Daryl Henderson, both just solid uh, depth pieces at running back. So I, I had to fill that up. I only had three running backs, but I took a sixth running back. And that's because I am a big preacher on handcuffing my top options, that they're handcuffable. I took Samir White to handcuff Josh Jacobs in case if Josh Jacobs goes down with an injury. I can plug in White, who seems to be the backup running back in that offense. He's a promising rookie out of Georgia. Uh, And you're asking maybe why I didn't handcuff Alvin Kamara. I just don't think he's very handcuffable. Same with Najee. I think both are irreplaceable players in their offenses, and their backup's not going to offer much value, similar to how Derrick Henry went out. Yeah, so that's
0: the main regret that I have in my draft. I didn't um, draft handcuffs to my guys, but who is the handcuff for Najee Harris? Um, it's not clear in every backfield who the running back to is. Who's going to step in? It could have been um, Edmonds or Benny Snell. It's not. It's not clear. And I'm a big Steelers fan, so that's something I would definitely know. Um, I also didn't. Ha- I don't have uh, Daryl Williams for my backup to um, James Conner. But again, I think that. I don't think that if Connor went down, uh, Williams would be as nearly as valuable as what Connor would be. So I did take a handcuff to a guy that I don't have, which is Naheem Hines to Jonathan Taylor. If Taylor goes down with injury, this offense isn't going to change. um, It's bread and butter. The bread and butter,
1: sorry. Wow.
0: Yeah. The the run game. And I think Hines steps into a fairly prominent role in that offense.
1: I think stealing other people's handcuffs might be a strategy of mine. Mm -hmm. I use like Alexander Madison. I might even reach for him knowing – I'm just going to piss off the Dalton cook owner. who's probably going to off. offer you great. Value. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's probably going to offer me a very complimentary trade in order to acquire him. Any other picks you want to, I mean, I don't really, nothing that's really you worth. Can't, you can't waste any pick, but these 14th and 15th round choices, um, we're just, it's your,
0: it's opinionated. Like for example, yeah. I took David Bell, um, He might be a guy on your waivers in your league. It's just something that I I see maybe some potential there in uh, Cleveland if Deshaun Watson plays, so why not take it?
1: I have a high hit rate with those picks. Um, You can find late guys that are going to give you starter quality opportunities. You just have to do a little digging, and one great place to start is our rookie wide receiver blog content. I'll just give you a hint right there. That's it. I think, I think we're good. We talked about if we were to go this route, we'd go another route. Um, really just staying fluid. You have to go in there with a game plan, but it, it can't be, it can't be strict. It can't like, be like, too strict. So, yeah. yeah. You, even though you want to be strict, it can't be. Um, you have to be able to adapt to what comes down to you. Be able to adapt. And I'll leave you with that. Yep. Okay, guys. Uh, that was a good episode. Follow us on Twitter at TikTok. I'm going to teach Nick. I'm a TikTok guru. Oh yeah. I'm going to teach him how all the ropes. We're not 15 year old girls. We're, we're I'm yeah, figuring I know. out how to work. I don't rot out. my brain with that shit. So uh, we'll have our TikTok up and running though. Again, that's going to be at Wagmey Fantasy. So stay tuned. We'll have some new stuff coming out to you very shortly. Have a good Wagmey Wednesday. Yes. Happy Wagmey Wednesday, everybody.